Welcome back to the Thundersticks Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Kreider, and today I am going to be talking all things Oklahoma City Blue. On the Thunder side of things, so much has been transpiring. SGA showing his all-star status yet again. Good game after good game. They just finished their road trip against the Boston Celtics, so I'll be talking about them in the next podcast, but I really want to talk about the NBA G League and how the OKC Blue are performing through four games. So I want to break down the roster a little bit and then go into those games and my takeaways so far. It has been a little while, everybody. We are finally back and good to go. G League action started a little over a week ago, and it started out in Henderson, Nevada for the Oklahoma City Blue. They have returned a very interesting roster. When you look at this team, they have components that I'm honestly surprised they're still around. Jemias Ramsey, I broke this story a couple weeks ago that he was going to stick around, and he is. He's on an Exhibit 10 contract, uh, and then you have the two two-way guys, and Eugene Omarui and Lindy Waters, but they got DJ Wilson back. That is insane value. He should be on an NBA roster. You know, if he's not what you would consider top 100, 450, uh, because he cannot get a two-way contract anymore, He's very close to that mark. You know, he's able to stretch the floor out. You saw his post game at the G League level last year. I think a lot of it comes down to how consistent he can be as a stretch five because, as you all know, the post game is really what shifts the most from the G League level to the NBA level. If you're dropping 20 points, 20 rebounds as a six foot eight springy center in the G League, Sure, you can have good outputs, but if you're going to be going up against those big centers every single night in the NBA, you're not going to be dropping those same sort of statistics, and your role probably is not going to be the same. With DJ, though, you see the clear mold with him. One of the final cuts by the Toronto Raptors. He had $250,000 guaranteed on his contract, so that was a priority signing for Toronto. He ends up returning, and what I will assume is going to be his last push to try to get an NBA contract. So, so talented. He could very easily go overseas and produce. Then you go into some other returning players. Scotty Hobson, he's coming back after playing a stint in Lebanon over the summer. And then you also have some returning players in Robert Woodard II. He was on a two-way contract, got swooped up by the Spurs on that one, only played five games for the Blue last year, but there was clear interest. They traded Melvin Frazier Jr. in efforts to pick up Woodard last season, and you know, as you saw, Melvin Frazier was really consistent last year with the Blues, so that's not something you want to scoff at. Go past that, Abdul Gaddy. He was one of the best assist men. For the OKC Blue, prior to the bubble season, he averaged close to 8 assists in his final year with the Blue. He returns Sasha Calais-Jones. They prioritized him with an Exhibit 10. Jaden Shackelford as well. And then even guys like Kevin Kongu, Jay Henderson, and Ryan Woolridge, who returns after playing for the Blue in the G League bubble. This is a very formidable roster, and you have to remember, they're bringing guys on assignments 
virtually all the time. Forgot Adam Makoka as well. He is a very dominant player. He had 15 points in five minutes with the Chicago Bulls when he was on his two-way contract over there. So they have that lineup that's really scary. Inside, DJ Wilson, as you all know, one of the best offensive rebounders last year in the G League, one of the best players point blank in the G League, and Sasha Kalei Jones, who was one of the best offensive rebounders overseas last year, that's a really good front court. Jalen Williams, that would be Jay Will, whenever he's down, that also bolsters up that front court. And in the back court, you have Jemias Ramsey, one of the best penetration guards in the G League. Abdul Gaddy, amazing player to be taken at past the timeline. Super smart passer. And then guys like Jaden Shackelford, he's able to light it up from downtown. Lindy Waters, he's able to play as a catch and shoot piece. And then obviously, if you want to bring guys down as well, you can throw that into the conversation. First game against the Ignite, though. Scoot Henderson going up to battle against the Oklahoma City Blue. For the Blue, they had Omarui and Jay Will down for this game. Additionally, Lindy Waters was too. So three assignees, Abdul Gaddy and Adam Akoka were also starting here. DJ Wilson and Jemias Ramsey coming off the bench. That is not something you saw last year. I think a lot of it is due to that assignment. And when you got into the early segments of this game, it did not look good. For the Oklahoma City Blue. F.A. Abu Diji for the Ignite <laughs> was unstoppable in the first quarter. The big issue looked to be interior defense. And they were just picking it apart. They had 45 points, the Ignite did, in the first quarter. Led by F.A. going 7 of 7. Had 17 points because he picked up a couple and ones. And then they also had a couple of three balls from John Jenkins. The NBA veteran returns back to the States. Aubrey Dawkins had one as well. Basically, everything was going in for them. They shot 16-24. And for OKC, nothing from downtown. Blank 0 of 7. And they really weren't shifting too much through their rotations. And, and none of it was working, to be quite honest with you. They were just getting absolutely dominated. In particular, on the glass, they lost that 13-7. to Really had to turn that around in the second quarter if they wanted to have a chance. And they were able to kind of stay afloat. They were still down 23, of course, going into halftime. So it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. But Eugene Omarui had 16 points in the second quarter of this game. And with Eugene, he has just been such a low-maintenance player. And the Thunder have a lot of these guys. I think Lou Dort is one of them. Aaron Wiggins is one of them. And they all started off two-way contracts. Eugene Omarui, another player cut from that same cloth. He's not going to wow you with his you know, crazy dunks. He's not going to shoot 30-foot triples. But he'll spot up in the corner. If you're not guarding him, he can hit it. But he's also very smart when it comes to going back door and scoring those easy buckets. So if you're able to find a defense sleeping, look for Eugene Omarui on those cuts. That is where he's put on a master class. And he's even put on that type of game in a Thunder jersey. He's broken the 20-point threshold this season with them so far. So that was the big deal there. Uh, Jemias Ramsey also getting those big-time minutes. You saw them lean a little bit off, you know, their initial starting rotation. You had Ramsey clogging eight minutes there, and he put up seven points, basically just driving inside. That's not going to do it, though. You need to have that gigantic run that's going to, you know, put some pressure on this Ignite team 
And they were able to find that in the third quarter. And who is it led by? It's led by one of the dynamic duos that would have formed last year had DJ Wilson not been called up to the Raptors. This is through DJ Wilson and Jamias Ramsey. They combined for 22 points in the third quarter. Wilson with 10 points. Ramsey with 12 points. What is it through? Pick and rolls. High ball screens. Jamias Ramsey basically plays like the SGA role in this blue system. And you can tell the pace is completely different. Same with DJ Wilson. The way that the Ignite were playing this... They were trying to force the hand from distance. And here's the thing. Jalen Williams, and this would be Jay Will, he has somewhat of a mid-range game, but you do not want him shooting a three ball. This is something we saw previously at the NBA level. Guys like Tony Bradley, when they were on the roster, he's not going to shoot a three-pointer. So, because OKC and the Blue as well, set so many high ball screens, they basically live off of these, you know, slashes inside, kick it out on the drives, or go for a layup, or pop it, the decision is so much easier when you don't have a space creator at the five, Jay Will is not as good of a space creator as DJ Wilson at this point, I don't think that's something crazy to say, are there other elements where I think Jalen Williams is a very formidable player, of course, he's a very great passer for the five position, but he's not a shooter, you could not play Jay Will a large amount of minutes against his Ignite team in their home opener. They had to change something. DJ Wilson was living from the mid-range. He was taking it one-on-one in the post, fadeaways, drilling it, step-throughs. He was doing whatever he wanted in that third quarter. And that was able to narrow this down to a nine-point game going into the fourth quarter. The Ignite did not have really a star to play through. For the blue, they had multiple. They had Eugene, and then they had DJ and Jamias, where really either of them could have just popped off at any given moment. Scoot Henderson was probably their best bet. He did a good job digging inside, and he has a very nice mid-range pull-up, but that's just not going to do it when you only have that one singular player who's able to pour down some buckets. Fourth quarter comes around. You're basically just trying to stop the momentum if you're the G League Ignite. It did not happen. More of DJ Wilson putting on a show. Nine points in the fourth quarter. He led all scorers in that final quarter. And OKC doubled up 36 to 18 in that final frame. They win this one 134 to 125. And what was a very, very fun watch. You got so much out of this game. Uh, it really just, <laughs> in in the terms of, you got to uh, kind of re-stamp everything from last year. Jamias Ramsey, he looked like an NBA player at the end of last season. DJ Wilson most definitely was an NBA player at the end of last season. And Eugene on a hot start. The guys that you would have expected to pop off, someone like maybe Jay Will or Lindy Waters, they're a little bit on the quieter side. They both had impressive games in their debut. But you had this core of Wilson and Ramsey really just light things up. There are players on this blue team that could be on two-way contracts, could be on standard contracts even with a final roster spot, and they are not affiliated with the Thunder at all. Anyone in the league could swoop these guys up right now. Ramsey, 10-17, 
he drops 29 off the bench. DJ Wilson, 27 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists. I mean, everybody was eating in this game. And as a collective, you see Cameron Woods' implementation. Pretty, pretty smooth transition off from Grant Gibbs. So you take on what I think is going to be one of the better teams in the league this season. Obviously, they're not going to be in contention because they don't have, you know, all pros here, technically. Um, You know, that depends on how you want to slice it. But Jemias Ramsey, I mean, he took it to Scoot Henderson. That was my big takeaway here. Scoot finished with 25 points, Ramsey with 29. Obviously, there's some other (laughs) factors in this, but he was going one-on-one and finding the bottom of the basket. He is a lethal scorer. There's plenty of shot creators in the G League. The big thing is, are you able to create for others? Jemias Ramsey has shown the ability to do that, but he's also shown the ability to kind of play that type of combo guard role that the OKC Thunder are actually seeing prosper with guys such as Isaiah Joe coming into the fold now. Continuing on, with the Oklahoma City Blue 1-0 record getting out of Nevada. That was a big-time game, and it really asserted OKC in terms of the fact that they surmounted what ended up being a 27-point lead in the first half. You don't get these types of magic runs without everybody being on deck. So that was a pivotal, pivotal victory, and they get to go back and they get to take on the Santa Cruz Warriors in a home battle. And just getting right into this game, one thing that I noticed, and this is just the nature of sharing an NBA arena, um, you know, as a G League affiliate, you're not going to have most opportune times for people to show up. Only 561 people in attendance for this game. When you have noon's tip-off times, you're not really going to field that stuff on like a Tuesday, Wednesday. I know whenever I went to go watch the Blue face off against the Stars and they had Carson Edwards kind of as their lead guy at the time. You know, this is like a Tuesday at 11. Yeah, You know what I mean? So there were not many people. You kind of bring in schools every once in a while, but a lot of guys are working around Oklahoma City on a Tuesday. That's just kind of how it how it works out here but this was a really intriguing matchup because the Santa Cruz Warriors have nice pieces on their team now they don't have a lot of the players they had the last year they had a bevy of just insane pieces but they have Trevion Williams who was really dominant at Purdue he's kind of one of those bigs where you know you can see his game translating at least to the G League level uh, due to the size that he brings Pat Spencer former lacrosse player of the year back in college he is a three-point sniper and he almost made the golden state warriors primary roster jerome robinson coming over to santa cruz former lottery selection and then patrick baldwin jr getting an assignment along with ryan rollins patrick baldwin former projected top five pick i remember you know, three, four years ago, whenever you used to see those like 2K draft classes, embrace the pace. I don't know if you guys remember that guy, but Patrick Baldwin Jr. was always projected to be a very, very quality pick. And he was a five-star prospect out of high school, you know, like really carried uh, into draft day for him. But that's a great matchup when OKC is in town and they can roll out their 
lineup plus assignments. Usman Jang got the start for the blue in this contest. Eugene sticking around. Same with Jay Will and Lindy Waters. So it's your four assignments plus Abdul Gaddy rounding it out in the starting lineup. And when you get into play, <laughs> the Oklahoma City Blue showed out. They outscored Santa Cruz 41-23 to in the first quarter. You're breaking down the numbers. It's just a beautiful palette here. Nobody in the starting group dropped more than six points. But you look at the bench. Robert Woodard drops five. And Jamias Ramsey in eight minutes has nine points and two assists. DJ Wilson, five points. I mean, Jemias is able to just pull so many strings against opponents where, you know, in the G League, you're not going to have maybe as intense uh, paint presences as I talked about with post guys earlier. Uh, but that also means like if you're not making it, you're probably going to get fouled. And he was able to get three free throw attempts. So there was an opportunity for him to notch double digits coming off the bench in the first quarter, but they set the tone and they just continued to build on it. Second quarter, they build their lead up. 25-point lead going into halftime. Who was the star? It was Eugene Omoruyi. 13 points in the second quarter. 6 of 8 shooting. And he didn't even attempt a 3. And he got to the line one time. Just attacking the basket proves to be so big at the G League level. And for a guy like Eugene who really plays off of others, it moves on to the NBA level. So he is an NBA caliber player uh, as an off-ball presence, most definitely. But they were able to kind of dictate this game. When you're looking at the other side of things, just low-quality attempts for Santa Cruz. They shot 9 of 27 in the second quarter. And when you moved on to quarters three and four, it was just all about maintaining that lead. They did just that, and they walked away with a 22.124-102 victory at the Paycom Center. Literally just one lead change. This was practically a wire-to-wire win for the blue. And the stat that I love looking at, points in the paint through two games. They averaged 61 points in the paint. That is unbelievable heard of these are numbers that you saw when Moses Brown and Omer Yurt 7 were sharing a backcourt together or a front court excuse me that's insane Moses Brown dropping 10 offensive rebounds in a game Yurt 7 dropping in 16 points and 9 rebounds off the bench to tell me that this current team is having the same pace to start things out as that bubble roster is absolute insanity and it's because of how well decorated this rotation has been implemented really by coach cam woods looking at the numbers you had plenty of guys dropping the 20 point column eugene omaruyi 10 of 15 from the field for 27 points jamias ramsey off the bench goes 9 of 15 for 23 points seven boards and five assists and uzman jang 20 points in his g league debut he went two of eight from distance but this is exactly why you move players down. Usman would not have the opportunity to go 2 of 8 in an NBA game, especially without the Thunder playing now. His role would be limited. If you want to really expand his potential and hit that you know, ceiling, if you will, you need to move him down. Same goes with a guy like Jay Will as well. And he had a solid game too. I mean, he was sneakily on the triple double radar seven points nine rebounds and eight assists for him 
Even Lindy Waters chimed in with 11 points. But it was just domination, really. You're logging five players in double digits. And DJ Wilson almost had a double-double, 8 points and 10 rebounds. And he only played 18 minutes in this game. Because of that, Jay Henderson, who actually did not really play professional basketball for like the last three years got to step in and play and Kevin Kongu who was training with SGA he went to prep school with them and he's been training with Shaden Sharp over the summer during his draft process he gets to make his G League debut in this game as well and the beauty of some of these games you're able to run it right back next game for the blue playing up against the Santa Cruz Warriors yet again this one a little bit different because Eugene got the call up. This was obviously when he decided to pop off and had himself a day with his 20-point outing. So DJ Wilson got to start in his place. That leaves you with Gaddy, Waters, Jang, Wilson, and Jay Will. And on the other side, nothing changes for the Santa Cruz Warriors. Much different game to start things out, though. And as you'll see, you know the patterns were a little bit different for the Oklahoma City Blue. Very close first quarter. 24-20 to 20 lead for the OKC Blue. A lot of shots are being taken from three. Really on both sides in this game. This is not what you saw initially. And because of that, that's why a little bit of a tighter margin. Jemias Ramsey, though, of course. He's up there with five points. And Lindy Waters hit down two triples in his own right. Nothing changes yet again, though, going from quarter one to quarter two. OKC up 51 to 48, but Jemias Ramsey, 16 points by halftime, and this isn't 13 minutes. Six of 10 from the field, three of five from distance. He is a bucket getter. There's no other way to put it, and even other guys on this roster are bucket getters, but him, NBA level bucket getter, no doubt about it. Jay Will. 11 points, 6 rebounds, and 4 assists by the halftime horn. That is ridiculous. He even tried to unload a 3-pointer. Did not go his way, but it's good to see him testing it out there. And DJ Wilson, 5 points, 3 rebounds, a little bit quiet, but he did have a 3-ball. That is the one area that will propel him back to NBA status. If he is shooting 35-plus percent from distance on ample attempts, That is when I genuinely believe he's going to get that call up yet again. Even at his current status, he is on the NBA radar. That's that's honestly what's going to push him over, though. So that's what I really look at and take away uh, from these stats. On the other side, Patrick Baldwin was just letting go of everything. 11 points in the half, and Ryan Rollins with 10. So if you're a Santa Cruz Warriors fan, you're happy to see that your assignees are the ones that are clocking in the double-digit performances. Third quarter, still neck and neck, but Santa Cruz closing that deficit. It was a one-point game going into the final quarter, and this is when it's all about just putting on more gas. You cannot hit the brakes when you go into the closing segments of games. Oklahoma City happened to do so. Ryan Rollins, 6 of 10 in the final frame. He clocked 12 points. On the other side for the blue, Jemias Ramsey again. 10 points off the bench. Not enough, though. And they take their first loss 
of the season there. When you end up losing by eight points, it's a bit of a stinger, especially when you were leading for most of this game. Big deal when I break it down as points in the paint. They only had 46 in this one. They were hovering around 60 in their first two contests. This doesn't change anything, though. Jamias Ramsey, 28 points off the bench yet again. Sixth man of the year if the season ended after game three. 10 of 18 from the field, 3 of 7 from distance, 4 of 4 from the line. He did have 8 turnovers. That's not what you want to see. But if you kind of analyze the actual stats here, he, after this game, was tied for 6th in the G League in scoring, had 3.7 rebounds and 3 assists as well to go along with it, shooting 58% from the floor, 40% from distance, and just about 85% from the free throw line. Those are insane splits. I know the sample size isn't big enough, but this is kind of the stuff he was doing last year. And now with Xavier Simpson and Lankland and Rob Edwards in Wisconsin, I mean, you have that void in the backcourt when everybody's going to be moved back up, there's going to be that void. Jemias would take over that starting two guard position and he'd flourish he's even flourishing with the NBA prospects with them right now everyone really ate though in this game this is one where it just kind of rattled the wrong way they didn't get hot when they needed to five players in double figures four if you're excluding Ramsey Lindy Waters season high of 19 points five of 13 from distance Jay Will 19 points seven rebounds six assists Usman Jang with a double-double, 15 points and 11 rebounds. And DJ Wilson finding 10 points in his own right. I think I'd say the game plan shifted a little bit from game one to games two and three. Not as much of an emphasis on feeding DJ Wilson. This is really how they played last year. They ran through DJ. They put it in his hands. They gave him entry passes, and they kind of just let him eat. And that led to a lot of offensive rebounding opportunities. Now it's shifted to where the ball really is either going on drives to Ramsey or they're trying to kick it out to shoot three-point attempts. And that's fine, um, but it does kind of leave you a little bit uh, susceptible when it comes to uh, potential second-chance opportunities because they're just a little bit more limited in how they have spaced the court as of late. They get a redemption, though, after this. This came on... Monday night taking on the G League Ignite played them in Nevada now they take them over to Bricktown still same squadron for the Ignite nothing's really changing over here for the OKC Blue you have two different teams you gotta kind of move in between with Usman Jang did not make the trip to Boston Eugene stuck around as well that meant Lindy Waters and Jay Will they were not on roster, and that shakes up the starting unit. Jamias Ramsey getting the first start of the year. Adam Makoka gets his second start. DJ Wilson now playing his center spot, which he really locked down last year. And you have Eugene Omaruyi and Usman Jang rounding out that starting five. This is the shot for Scoot Henderson to kind of get redemption here in that first quarter. That's exactly what it looked like, and this is what it looked like. In the debut, the season debut, the Ignite just trounced the blue in the first quarter. And how did they do it? They did it inside the first time. They're still doing it inside in the second game here. 
Usman Jang was the big story. He had eight points in the first quarter, kind of gave them some life there. And when quarter number two rolled around, this is why you got to stress how many options you have on the floor. They had plenty of options. And by options, I mean Jamias Ramsey and Adam Makoka. Jamias Ramsey, 15 points in the second quarter. Makoka, 8 points. That alone gave them more than what the Ignite scored just in totality in the quarter. That would be an outscoring of 23-18, to 18, but it didn't stop there. They outscored them by 15 in this quarter to take a 5-point edge going into the second half. Pacing, very, very different between Jay Will and DJ Wilson on the roster. It allows for a lot more three-point play, a lot more access to the mid-range game, and that is what has allowed what I think, you know, such a successful stint against the G League Ignite, kind of being able to battle back with them. In the third quarter, still the Makoka show, seven points to go for him in that quarter. He led all scorers for the blue with that one, but Scoot Henderson, what a baller he is. He was able to keep them afloat a little bit here with nine points, but no one else is really helping him out. Ended up going and dropping a 27 to 10 or seven, 27 to 17 egg. Excuse me. So they're down 15 going into quarter number four. And they could not do a thing about it. OKC wins this one 104 to 84-88. 3-1 on the season through four games. And Jemias Ramsey continues to make his two-way proclamation. The OKC Thunder, they really don't have an open spot right now. Isaiah Joe has been a home run hit, so he's locked up that 15th and final roster spot. Lindy Waters is probably more on the hot seat than Eugene Omaruyi would be, but because the Thunder need three-point shooters so bad, and they really don't need ball handlers, he fits more than Ramsey. Ramsey's unattached, though. You could swoop him up on a 10-day deal right now if you wanted to, if you're in another franchise. You could take him on a two-way deal, and he's gone. That is one of the intricacies of the G League and what makes it so interesting. You can have your star player taken away in the blink of an eye, and you just have to shuffle the deck on everything. That's what would have to happen if Ramsey was gone. He is the heart and soul of this team right now, and he's really been the generator of most of their buckets. I mean, he finished that game with 26 points, 4 rebounds, and 10 assists. 8 turnovers, though. That is the one thing that's kind of bringing him down a little bit when you're looking at his season statistics at the moment. But he is something special for this team. Outside of Ramsey, Jang, 17 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, and 3 blocks, 3 of 6 from downtown. This is why you put them in the G League. Let them get comfortable. DJ Wilson, 10 points, 7 boards, and 6 assists. People don't give him credit for how good of a passer he actually is. So he's making a lot of kickouts from the mid-range area. And Adam Makoka dropping 18 points and 6 rebounds while shooting 6 of 9 from the field and 3 of 4 from distance. Ryan Woolridge making his first appearance for the Blue in almost 2 years. Excuse me. 
It'd be one year. It's so, so strange with how the G League bubble works out. He last played for the OKC Blue back in February of 2021, but he returns after his trip to Greece. No points for him, but you do have to remember with Ryan Woolridge, I mean, he is a very fun player. If Ramsey were to go down for some reason, I don't think that Woolridge would actually be the starter. I still think he would give those duties to Abdul Gaddy, but he is able to sneakily pop off. Like he, to close the year out, had plenty of highlight plays, former Gonzaga Bulldog right there. So he has kind of that lineage of, of success, if you will. Fun bench player though, and, and it's great to see that he is with this roster. One thing that I noticed Jericho Holems, who the OKC Blue selected 5th in the 2022 G League Draft, had his rights acquired by the Birmingham Squadron last week. He was waived a couple days ago. We'll have to see how that pertains to G League rights. But I did not hear of any exchange going the Thunders and Blues way. So, I don't know how it works I know if you have someone let's say Ryan Woolridge that's a set in stone asset that is a G League returning player right they traded Chase on Randall last year to get Jamias Ramsey Randall had returning player rights and he's still playing overseas he he is not obliged to go play for the squadron anytime soon but if you draft a player and you don't keep him around what does that do to his G League rights no contract was signed to my knowledge he was playing overseas at the time of the draft, so it is funky. The one thing, though, is you into the draft. We'll see if there is going to be a return. I don't expect it to be huge. The number five pick, though, you don't mess around with that, and I think it is interesting that of the blue selections, the only one that's actually playing for this roster is Kevin Kongu, and... I think the bubble season was a a different time because a lot of borders were closed off. You know, if you weren't in the NBA, the opportunities were a little bit limited at the time. So the G League did become that primary option. And that's why that year was so stacked in terms of talent. Um, And it's changed the last two years because players are not, you know, sticking around after being drafted. But Halem's... He would bring a nice little kick at the three and four spot. I think Makoka has really asserted himself so far. Scotty Hobson hasn't had the ball in his hands too much. I really like both of those two, but you add Halems, you know, that's another asset that definitely can put up some baskets for you. So I'm very excited for this G League season. A lot more coverage coming this way, and that is a good, good thing. I remember last year. You know, there was not a lot of reports on the OKC Blue. I was being first to report on a lot of these stories. But to see the widespread of, you know, the G League and and this team, it's very, very nice. And the more coverage, the better, quite frankly. So I'm excited to see that, excited to see them for the rest of the year. And I'm excited to talk Thunder basketball in the next podcast. But that is going to do it for today's episode, guys. I thank you all for listening. And I will talk to you all next time. See ya.